Hello, my name is Edmond Senanulochu. This is the audio for criminal law, offenses against the person, non-fatal offenses. We start with assault. In section 84, a person who unlawfully assaults another person commits a misdemeanor. Section 85 lists the details of what assault is. So we see that section 84 says a person who unlawfully assaults a person, that means that there can be a lawful assault. And the lawful assault, the justification is found in section 31 of chapter 1. And section 85 says that for the purposes of section 84, assault includes A, assault and battery, that is in section 86, assault without actual battery, section 87 and c imprisonment which is section 88. 85 2 says an assault is unlawful unless it is justified on one of the grounds mentioned in chapter one of this part as i said before in section 31. now let's go straight to assault with battery section 86 1 a person makes an assault and battery on another person if without the other person's consent and with the intention of causing harm, pain or fear or annoyance to the other person or of exciting the other person to anger, that person forcibly touches the other person. Now we see this in the case of DPP and K. The reason why DPP and K is important for assault with battery is that um, the definition of assault includes a forcible touch a forceful touch now forcible touch does not connote violence but it looks more to the lack of consent so even a touch as light as a feather is able to be complicit of assault and battery so in dpp and k what happened was that k is a minor but what happened was that a very foolish boy in the context of a chemistry class one boy went to the lavatory to wash some acid off his hand he took with him very foolishly a boiling tube of concentrated acid he wanted to test the reaction of the acid with toilet paper but when he heard footsteps outside in a panic he poured the acid away and what remained of it into he poured it into the upturned nozzle of a hand drying machine in the lavatory and went back to class another boy went to the lavatory to wash his hands he turned on the dryer and the acid was injected into his face leaving him permanently scarred now it is clear that the first boy knew well that he had created a dangerous situation and the in inescapable inference that what he decided to take to do was risky to someone else using the machine so he was complicit of assault even though he wasn't there himself to pour the acid because it was a, it could be direct or indirect and this is dpp and k minor now let's look at comfort comfort is more opposite comfort is like nana grada beating somebody that she's delivering the person comfort went to a spiritualist meeting and was beaten by a prophetess when the prophetess fall into a, a trance in so the prophetess fell into a trance to exorcise comfort from the demons that was inside of her now 
evidence led at the trial revealed that Davi Comfort stood naked before the assembled group and made no protest at all when the prophetess hit her with a stick. The thing that we must be careful about is that assault looks to the lack of consent. So Comfort availing her naked body to be lashed by a, 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 trans, a, a, a prophetess in trance does not amount to assault and battery because she gave her consent, she was there willingly. Now, section 86.1 says that a person commits an assault and battery when essentially there does not exist the other person's consent. Consent, therefore, generally negatives any offense of assault. Now, the thing is this, if consent is given and the assault is made, there is no you are not complicit of assault and battery but if it is a grievous bodily harm as a result of the assault and even your consent is given it negatives the consent that is in section 42b section 42b so a harm cause that results in a grievous bodily harm negatives any consent whatsoever that's in section 42b now there was um, the case of Donovan. There's a principle that says that if an act is unlawful in the sense of being in itself a criminal act, it is plain that it cannot be rendered lawful because the person whose detriment, whose, to whose detriment it is done consents to it. Right? Now, let's go to Connie. Connie is a Connie guy. Connie went to he held out himself to be another person called sims who is a handicapped person and ran a race two races actually and then in order to get the a prize now they charged him for um he was he, he was charged with aiding and abetting okay uh, because of his mere presence even though it was determined that uh, how he got there was not known or how long he stayed there was not known sorry connie was involved in a prize fight between two men in a ring he and another person in a ring and they were they were we they were involved in an unlawful fight okay the accused persons were charged with aiding and abetting based on their mere presence even though it was not determined how they got there now a prize fight is illegal and the persons aiding or abetting the assault uh, even if their fighters consent to the the encouragement of the fight are you know complicit but mere voluntary presence at the fight does not render one guilty of aiding and abetting so that he was charged with the assault aiding and abetting assault right now in 86 2 it says that when the consent of the other person to be forcibly touched has been obtained by deceit it suffices with, res with respect to intention that the touch is intended to be a touch that is likely to cause harm or pain or is intended to be a touch that for the consent obtained by deceit would have been like would have been likely to cause pain harm fear or annoyance or to excite anger all right now let's go to 87 
So we said 84 says assault is a misdemeanor. 85 says there's actual assault with battery, assault without actual battery, then there's imprisonment. So assault with battery is what we read, 86. Now, now we are going to 87, assault without battery. 87 one says a person makes an assault without actual battery on another person. If by an act apparently done in commencement of an assault, it puts the other person in fear of an instant assault and battery. Now, listen to this case, Brusconia. Brusconia fought with his neighbors. And so his neighbors, his neighbor and his wife, the neighbor and his wife fought with Brusconia. Now, he said that the neighbor insulted him. And so he jumped over the fence, the hedge, and then chased the wife. And the wife said she, he, 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 he slapped her and broke her spectacles. But he said that the wife slipped by herself and banged her head. Now, on his own showing, the appellant was guilty of assault without battery. And his conduct in rushing at the complainant with apparent intention to cause her harm and intending to put her in fear of danger fairly square within, uh, fell squarely within the, the, the illustration of assault in section 87. Right. Now look at St. George too. St. George, he took a gun and made it look like it was loaded and then pulled the trigger at another person. Now St. George was guilty of assault without battery because he puts the other person who was Bruce Ernest Alfonso Durant in the instant fear of assault and battery. And so he too, he is part of it. Now, let's go to imprisonment very quickly. Imprisonment. A person imprisons another person if intentionally and without the other person's consent, that person detains the other person in a particular place of whatever extent or character, whether enclosed or not, or compels the other person to move to or be carried in a particular direction. So you can detain a person in an open space, like on a football park. It is imprisonment. If you point a gun at a person and say that, stay there or else I'll shoot, that's imprisonment. With along with other charges by his imprisonment if you take somebody's key from his car and and so by doing that he's not able to move his imprisonment and that leads us to the case of asante asante was a man who was a, a driver now he was at the lorry station and then a policeman came with one one girl called k that they wanted to take him to the police station asante said why do you want to take me to the police station? The police station, the policeman said that when we get to the police station, you know. Then he refused to go with him. Then the policeman took his car key. That time, by, by so doing, imprisoning him. And Asante, henceforth, started beating the policeman, beat him and kicked him on the floor and tore his trousers. Then he was charged with assault and battery. But, you know, so when he was charged, the, the, the policeman was countercharged for imprisonment because at the time when he went to arrest him, he should have told him the reason for going to take him to the police station. And by taking his key, it was unlawful imprisonment. So the police officer did commit the prior assault of imprisonment. So this assault without actual battery imprisonment okay now let's go to causing harm 
In section 1, causing harm means a bodily hurt, disease, or disorder, whether permanent or temporary. That's in section 1 of Criminal Offenses Act 29. Uh, Act 29. Now, in section 69, 69 starts with uh, the offense of causing harm to the person. It says that a person who intentionally and lawfully causes harm to another person commits a second-degree felony. Now, Section 76 also says that harm is unlawfully caused, which is intentionally or negligently caused without any of the justification mentioned in Chapter 1 of this part. Causing harm. Now, let's see Clarence. Why we can say harm is also disease or disorder clarence went to give his wife gonorrhea having known that he knew he, he he had gonorrhea and the wife got it he has caused harm to her maliciously and unlawfully caused grievous bodily harm to his wife by sleeping with her and giving her gonorrhea clarence as a bad man so he however the court said that in this case assault looks to consent so even though it may look like he has caused some grievous bodily harm the woman consented so it may not be assault it cannot be assault so clarence was not guilty was not guilty now listen to this Ireland, Ireland, Ireland is a, the most, the funniest case you ever hear. Ireland had time, his whole life, three months, he was calling people and he wouldn't talk. All he would do is to brief. <laughs> three women, they went to report him. He said that he, have, he has caused them psychological harm. Now, does this amount to causing harm? At common law, yes, his conviction was upheld. Since silence can amount to an assault and psychiatric injury to another person. But in Ghana, by section 81B, the disease or disorder which a person suffers has the inward effect of grief, terror, or any other emotion is not harmed by, caused by another person. Although the grief, terror, or emotion has been caused by that other person, whether with intent to cause harm or otherwise. So the Ghanaian position is different from the common law position in causing psychological harm, the case of Ireland. Now, Brobe too, Brobe too was a, Brobe, he too, he was a storekeeper. And they said that he went to sell Paul Moore's cigarettes above control price to another person. Two policemen came, came with the person he sold the cigarettes to. He said he won't go to the police station, resisted arrest, and they started beating him. Then his wife also joined. They beat her too. Now, by section 36, the policemen were exculpated from assault or causing bodily harm because they were, they, they, they could, it, it's a complete defense as to assault or causing bodily harm that they, they were lawfully assault, uh, they were lawfully arresting the complainant either for a criminal or civil act okay so by section 36 a person who by law may a, a person who by law 
may, with or without warrant or any other legal process, arrest and detain another person, may use force which is necessary for the arrest, detention or recapture of the person, may, if the arrest is made in respect of a felony, kill the other person if the other person cannot by any means other or otherwise be arrested, detained or retaken. So, the, the, the 36.2 also says that force may be used under subsection 1 where the other person, having notice or believing the lawful arrest, avoids arrest by resistance. So, the police were not complicit. But, um, whether or not um, they went and or applied unreasonable force was another matter to consider. So the court said, I am unable to infer from the evidence that the appellants employed excessive force to overcome what I consider as an unwarranted resistance offered by the first prosecution witness and his wife. The wife's intervention was an obtrusive venture calculated to interfere with the appellants in the execution of their lawful duty to arrest the first prosecution witness. So they were not complicit. So, for instance, psychological, we use 81B for the Ghana position and the common opposition that that one can be, it can be psychological, all right? Then for grievous bodily harm, we can use Brobe, okay, the two policemen. Then we can also use Asante for uh, assault. Uh, for for, um, for Clarence, Clarence, we can use Clarence for um, the disease because in section one it talks about disorder, disease, or whatever as a definition of what harm can be. Now let's look to um, causing harm with an offensive weapon. Now section 70 says a person who intentionally and unlawfully causes harm to another person by use of an offensive weapon commits a first degree felony. Now, Yao Praman, let's look at Yao Praman, okay? The complainant, a 70-year-old man, before entering a Methodist church, was suddenly slashed from behind by a man who obviously used a sharp cutlass. He sustained what Dr. Aubrey described as a deep laceration which commenced from the right side of his neck and stretched to his back. He raised alarm instinctively and fell into the church. He bled so profusely that he soon went into unconsciousness. The court said that the cutlass is an offensive weapon as, in as much as it can be used for any, an aggressive purpose. And it was in fact so used in this case. Okay, so that was, he was charged with causing grievous bodily harm with an offensive weapon. An offensive weapon. So now, um, Darkon. Darkon also went into a room and went to shoot somebody. But the gun failed to fire. And after that, he was overpowered. But he was charged with attempting to cause harm, contrary to the section 18 and 70. But in this case, I think that it's a dicey thing because we don't know where he pointed the gun to. The intention is what will de determine whether it's an intent attempted murder or attempt to cause grievous bodily harm, right? So in this case, the mens rea is to has to support the charge of attempted murder. Um, so, so the court said, insofar as the accused aimed a loaded gun at his target and expressed an intention to kill, insofar as the accused aimed a loaded gun at his target and expressed an intention to kill, he should have been charged with under section 46 and could not be called upon to answer the charge laid under section 18.1 and 70. 
It was taken for granted that a loaded gun was an offensive weapon. Now, causing harm by omission, section 28.4. So we go back all the way to 28.4, which says that no child shall be deprived by any other person of medical treatment, education, or social or economic benefit by reason only of religious or other beliefs. But look at this. Section 77 says that a person causes harm by an omission within the meaning of this Acts, section 77. If harm is caused by that person's omission to perform a duty for preventing harm as mentioned in 17, section 78. Now 78 says, a person is under a duty for preventing harm to another person. A. If the first mentioned person is under a duty as mentioned in section 79 to supply a person with the necessaries of life and health. If the person is or B, if the person mentioned is under a duty by virtue of an enactment or employment or lawful order from a court. Now section 9 says that where, where there is a duty to give access to the necessaries of health and life, a spouse, a parent or a guardian of a child is the one supposed to give the necessaries of health and life. Now 81A says a person has not caused harm to another person by omitting to supply the other person with the necessaries of health and life unless it is proved against that other person that the other person by reason of age or physical or mental or by reason of control by the accused person could not by reasonable exertion have avoided the harm. Now, Moby, in Moby, an eight-year-old child died of confluent smallpox because the father who belonged to a sect called the peculiar people decided that only prayer and anointment would cure the person the child the child died eight years now a doctor said that there was no positive evidence between the death and the the accelerate the that the death was accelerated by the neglect and so he was not complicit of causing harm by omission but in 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 senior senior uh, a prisoner was indicted and tried for the manslaughter of his child, an infant of the age of nine to eight months old. The child died of diarrhea and pneumonia because he also belonged to the set called the Peculiar People. So he said that religious doctrines don't allow them to treat people like that, so they only pray. Now, he said that the, the, the evidence was that his willful neglect of the child in a manner was in a manner likely to cause injury to its health within the meaning of this act and having thereby caused or celebrated his death he was rightly convicted of manslaughter so he as opposed to morby senior was convicted of manslaughter let's continue with another voice note and continue with negligently causing harm <laughs> 